0: just like have fun while you're doing it you know I think these days there's a lot of really hard-working athletes which is so important to be a good athlete but sometimes you know take the time to just enjoy your sport for your sport
1: my guest today is Brooke Rabatou from Boulder Colorado who is a Olympian or about to be an Olympian Hopefully in 2021, since 2020 got postponed, in rock climbing. So, she is a phenomenal rock climber, can scale a 40 foot wall in mere seconds, just like Spider Man. So, she was pretty, it was pretty fun to watch her scale the walls and do her thing, and for her to try to teach me how to rock climb a little bit. And it was a lot of fun. Check out the episode uh, with a day with Brooke on the youtube channel you can also go to the show notes and see the link to the youtube video of spending a day with brooke and check it out it was a lot of fun i definitely was extremely sore from doing something that i have not done in probably 30 years but rock climbing is so much fun i could not zip up my backpack Uh, Post doing this workout with her my grip strength was shot my neck was sore for a couple days and my back as well Uh, But it definitely gave me a perspective of how amazing uh, These athletes are and what they do everyone's different everyone's unique and specializes in what makes them amazing in their sport So I wanted to interview Brooke and share with you guys What makes her amazing at such a young age and what is her mindset like and how does she approach life school family? and it was It was fun she's full of uh, excitement and excitement for the sport and for life and what's in the future so enjoy this episode with brooke this show and this episode would not be possible without our presenting sponsor add a day add a day's mission is to help people improve their lives and live their lives to the fullest and that really is how it got started and how the name hence add a day is to try to add a day to your life What things can you do daily to improve your life and live your life to the fullest? And Ataday's product line really helps with your physical body, to help with activating your muscles prior to working out, to help with recovery post-workout, to help and treat injuries that you may be having. And all these things are through precautionary devices like a massage gun, to rollers, to massage chair. All their equipment helps and allows you to recover faster. One of the amazing things also is the technology and the protocols that they have to help guide you through what are you supposed to do with these tools? How do you use them? And what muscle groups do I even go to? Addaday has really put the time in to improve the product line, improve their information. So I encourage you to go check them out at adaday.com. That is A-D-D-A-D-A-Y.com. And check out their equipment. And if you use coupon code CHRIS20, Again, that's Chris20. You get a 20% discount on any products that you purchase on their website. So I encourage you to go and check them out and support this episode and support this show and live your life to the fullest. This episode is also brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Gatorade Endurance is specially formulated for endurance athletes or those that are doing prolonged exercise. You need to have uh, replacements of what your body is breaking down or what it's burning while you're out exercising. And the Gatorade Endurance formula is specifically designed to help in those areas, to maximize your performance, to maximize your body, to be able to get through those prolonged workouts or those races. And those are mainly in three areas, and that's your calories, of course, your electrolytes, and your carbs. And when you're going through prolonged exercise, you're gonna burn more electrolytes than you realize. And electrolytes are critical, and so they have an increased amount of sodium and potassium in this formula. So that's really important. The other part is the carbs. Your body needs carbs as energy, as fuel. And so they have 22 carbs per serving that you get, but more importantly, it's the multi carbohydrate blend that they have, that they've created. It's not just a single carb. All carbs are not exactly the same, so it's a multi-blend of that. Allows your body to absorb it quicker. And the quicker your body can absorb those carbs, the less likelihood that it's gonna give you GI issues or stomach cramps and things like that. The other thing is is calories. Your body needs calories. And your muscles need calories, so you need to absorb those calories and get them in your muscles so you can keep going farther and longer. Go to Gatorade.com forward slash endurance use coupon code CHRIS20 and you get a 20% discount. So I encourage you to go to again, Gatorade.com forward slash endurance. Use coupon code CHRIS20 and get a discount and make sure that you try this prior to your event. And before we start our show, one last thing is I get people asking me again, what they should be taking, how can they improve? How do they lose weight? How do they maintain muscle? They're always asking me questions about nutrition. And 99% of the time, the number one thing that I will tell them to take or advise them to take is essential amino acids. It's a specific blend of amino acids that your body needs to absorb. And every amino acid is not the same. And the ratio of amino acids is super important. I used amino acids, essential amino acids, pretty much my whole professional career. Found immense differences in it in recovery in racing, sustained energy, maintaining lean muscle. Uh, so this is the top of my list, the number one thing that I advise people to take and tell people that it's uh, worth every penny. So I know it sounds like a commercial, but everyone asked me, this is what I tell them. So I talked to Keon and they were nice enough to give me a discount code to pass on to you guys. So go to getkeon.com forward slash Chris Again, that is GetKeon, dot com forward slash Chris Lieto. And check out the amino acids. Check it out. GetKeon.com forward slash Chris Lieto. Coupon code Chris20. Aloha, and thank you for joining another episode of the Chris Lieto podcast. Of course, I am Chris Lieto, former professional athlete, multiple Ironman champion, And in my day was successful at swimming, biking, and running, but definitely not very good at rock climbing. And I recently had some uh, time where I got to spend with Brooke, who taught me a little bit about how to climb. And she allowed me to be a part of her training in her home gym. And this is an amazing woman that has done some amazing things at a very young age, extremely successful in the sport of climbing, recently qualified for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics which is now going to be the 2021 so I'm looking forward to chatting um with her about that and about what's going to happen in this next year so Brooke thank you very much for joining and allowing us to be a part of this and allowing us to hear a little bit about your life your journey and your process to be one of the very best in the entire world at rock climbing and bouldering so thanks Brooke.
0: Thanks for having me Chris yeah um I mean, I would definitely not say you were bad at climbing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, um, it was, it was
0: uh, a beginner. Yeah, it was an
1: experience, that's for sure. I mean, you can.
0: Uh, and probably not your um, preferred sport or not your best sport, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a lot of fun, though. I really had a good time. I uh, appreciate your patience in showing me how to do it, but it was, I can see why it's a lot of fun and why you, uh, as far as pursue it, because it's, in a way, it's addictive. Like, you try to. Yeah get a route and if you don't get it, you want to keep going. And I had to stop because my arms and my back and my neck couldn't hold up anymore. But yeah,
0: for sure. (laughs) One of the many reasons I love climbing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to chat a little bit about kind of what you do as far as climbing, what your days look like. But before we do that, one of the amazing things or or unique experiences that you have is that you were raised by probably one of the two best climbers both your mom and your dad were the best of the best at their time um, and still are very respectful in that. So what was it like being born into a family of, of not only climbers, but world-class top climbers? What was that like at a young age?
0: Um, I mean, I think that's something that like, I didn't realize was not normal, I guess, until I grew up, you know, cause that's just like, that's all I knew was that my Both my parents, like you said, were professional rock climbers and my brother is an amazing climber as well. So it really is a family thing and um, I was born into a family of climbers and that's just kind of everything I knew. (laughs) But I definitely can say I obviously would not be where I am today and who knows if I would even be in climbing without them. So yeah, I mean, I've learned so much from them and I feel like every day I kind of learn a little more about, you know, what they learned in their comp experiences and uh, back in their day and things I can like, to help use that in my competitions
1: yeah so early on was it just that just felt like normal life just to get up and climb around and was it in your home like was it part of everyday life
0: yeah I mean I would say climbing has always been part of our everyday life um just like in the upstairs room in my house my brother had like a bunk bed and like to get up there wasn't like stairs or anything it was just like a climbing wall (laughs) and he made it hard so that none of my friends who weren't climbers could get up (laughs) so it was just like always like kind of integrated in our life for sure and like all of our vacations it wasn't beach vacations you know it was climbing trips and that's just kind of always how it's been
1: yeah what is what is the best thing that you like about climbing like what is it about climbing that just is attractive is it because it was part of the family and you just grew into it or is there something that really sparked um,
0: in you? I mean I think that definitely like started my like passion for climbing just my whole family and being born into it but um I really like learned to love it for just myself and I just love it because it's like it's kind of ever-changing which I feel like not a lot of sports are is that we're practicing for like the unexpected, you know, whether it's outdoors or indoors because competitions, you don't get to see the climbs in front of you. So you really have to practice for whatever they're going to give you and be ready for anything. So I love that. And it's you're not doing the same routine over and over and over. It's just like it's always changing. So you can always learn new things. And that's one of my favorite things about climbing.
1: So so when you show up for an event and in- you don't know what the what the wall is looks like you don't know what the climb is or the route prior Mm -hmm. to showing up do you literally like your back is turned to it and they say go ahead and turn around and then just go or do you get like a certain amount of time like what's that what's that like
0: yeah it kind of depends the competition and the round and the format kind of in a short version um so like there's three types of climbing right bouldering which is short low to the ground that's what we did where you fall onto the pads and then rope climbing is much taller. Um, you use a rope, but similar concept where it's um, based on difficulty. And then the third discipline is speed climbing, which is based on time. Um, and so for bouldering, you are in an isolation before um, with all the competitors, and that's where you warm up. And then when you go, it's your turn to climb. You go out onto the mats, and it's there's a countdown. It's like three, two, one, and then it's like climbers. You may begin climbing now, and you turn around, you look at the climb, see what you need to do, and you climb it. And usually, in a round, there'll either be four or five boulders, and you have five minutes to try and complete that climb, and then five minutes rest. And in those five minute rest, you're uh, also facing away from the wall, so you really don't see that those climbs until like your five minutes have started. But the speed
1: rounds, do you do you see that ahead of time or
0: no? Speed climb is different. That is the same. It's the same every single time. So that is like it's a universal like path. I guess you could call it with these red holds. And so that's why we've memorized it. Like you learn the different techniques, you know, like your foot needs to be here versus here. And that'll give you like 0.3 of a second. Like that'll help you, you know? So that's just like, you're trying to get your personal record time on the same route every time. And then lead climbing is similar to bouldering where you haven't seen the climbs in front of you, but a little different is that they often give you a preview. So, but it's the day of the competition and you go out as a group and you have two minutes to preview the climb together and you kind of, look and you see like which hand goes where and what am I going to do kind of just to get the gist of it Um, and then you go back to isolation and then you climb. So how do
1: you how do you prepare them for for each of those because they are so as far as different obviously you have to go out and train and and build strength to be able to pull yourself up and to do maneuvers and practice maneuvers but how do you prepare yourself for the for the unknown like what's the process Do you do meditation beforehand, like weeks before or just the day of like, what is that like?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's different for every competitor, but um, I mean, a lot like you said, a lot of it is just like you want to have the most strength possible so that you're the strongest. And also you can kind of make mistakes and come back from them, if that makes sense. So since you like don't since it is unexpected, the stronger you are in a way, the more you can overcome. But, you know, there's also sometimes it's the saying what be smarter, not stronger or something like that Work smarter, not harder. It's like learning kind of different like moves. Like we work on coordination moves and really a variety of different types of climbing is what's going to help you with the unknown. Just trying to get as much knowledge as you can about the different movements. So you can see when there's something in front of you, you're like, Oh, I've done that before, or that's similar to this. So just ways to compare it. And I mean, Yeah, it's just, I guess it's definitely unknown. I think a big part of it is the mental side of climbing too, of just any sport, which um, I mean, I work on and I've still have a lot to learn in that. But yeah, some people that's meditation, yoga. um, I like to just like visualize kind of just like good energy and everything like that. And also a lot of it's just focusing on my breathing. Like when you're out there and you're like, you know, frustrated or you can't see something and you have tunnel vision. It's like coming back to your breathing so you can really focus in on what you need to do and what you've practiced.
1: Yeah. I've learned that a lot from just about when you breathe and breathe through your nose, that you can calm your body and get in a really good state to where you can be like, okay, you're resetting and uh, eliminating a little bit of that anxiety or whatever. Yeah. But one of the things I didn't think about, which I would see as potentially being a benefit is you don't have time to think, right? So if the time to where you see the wall is so short that you don't have time to like stress about it because you don't know what it's going to look like. So you kind of have to like be loose in your approach, right? Like when you show up, you're kind of like, it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. I've done all my practice beforehand and now I show up where a lot of sports are like the anticipation of the gun going off.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's also cool to have like speed climbing in that mix is because speed climbing is more like sports that are practiced, right? Because it's the same thing every time. And so that I think is like, a lot of climbers get in their head because it's like they know that they're time-wise, they're the fastest, but when it goes to the finals, it's head-to-head. So if you slip, you know, it doesn't, like, you're out. You only get one shot. So I think that's, you know, it's really cool to have those different, such different sides of climbing, especially for the Olympics, they're putting them together because it's a combined format. So they're multiplying the scores from speed climbing, bouldering, and lead climbing in the lowest, um, multiplier wins. So it's really, you know, there's so much to think about. It's crazy.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit like as far as triathlon, like if you're the best swimmer, but not great at cycling or running, you're never going to win. But you have to be great at all three, you have to be really dialed in on all three. So that's really cool. So you had you had huge success early on, like it's, but you you had great success, like pre 10 years old, or right around nine, 10, 11 years old, you had great success. What What was that? What was that like when you would compete at that age? Did you know that you were competing and did you have that competitive drive and spirit or was it just you were out having fun and you just did well?
0: I think a little bit of both. I mean, I'm a competitive person. So like I obviously, you know, winning is great. But more than that, I always want to do my best. So like I get frustrated when I, you know, I'm not climbing smart or don't feel my best sometimes which is something that you know every athlete has to go through and learn how to work with but um yeah I definitely say I'm very driven for just competition and climbing in general but I also I love the sport and so I think that helps a lot cuz a lot of young climbers you know they are really good at it but maybe they don't love it and so I think that Whenever I was having fun, I was always climbing my best. That was kind of my motto. So, you know, putting just a smile on my face or talking um, to my competitors in isolation, like my friends and stuff, um, always helped me relax and then I'd climb my best.
1: Yeah, so what, what brought you down the path of being a competitive climber versus just being a free climber and just going for just the joy and the love of it versus competing? And I'm sure you do both still, yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always done both because there's like outdoor climbing and then there's indoor climbing, which usually indoor climbing connects to competitions, I'd say. I mean, as a kid, I always did. We would spend our whole summers in France and Spain and climbing outside as a family. So that's always been a huge part. And one, it's, I would say, one of my favorite parts about climbing for sure. It's just the outdoors and the fact that it's natural, you know, and non-rock. Then also my mom created ABC Kids Climbing, the gym that we went to, and that team. And I was a part of that team, and it's a competitive team. So we did competitions, and even though it is an individual sport, like uh, my team was one of my favorite memories as a kid, like being on team. Um, Because we were such good friends, and we'd support each other and everything. So that was always like so fun, you know, to make it to nationals, and then to win the national title as a team, and it was, that made it not just an individual sport, you know, even though it was just our scores were personal, you know, it was still like a team win, which I think is cool.
1: Yeah, I find that's really important to have that that team aspect or that support that you're just not doing it for yourself. Even though it's a solo sport, there's so much support around you. There's so much as part of your team. And I'm sure your parents are a big part of that as well. You
0: know? Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: You've had quite an amazing In crazy year I guess you know you you qualified for Olympics tell us about that 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 feeling more of the emotion of that feeling of what it was like to come to a point of being like one the sport is now going to be an Olympic sport and then two being able to to qualify for it what was that like
0: well I first so I first learned that climbing was going to be in the Olympics Um, they made the decision in 2016 and when I heard about it I was like oh that's crazy like I can't Like, that's so cool. But for me, I was just thinking, like, that's so cool for the sport. I wasn't even thinking about myself, really. Because, I mean, how old was I back then? I guess I was, like, 15, um, 14, 15. So I was, like, I mean, I was pretty good for my age and doing well in competitions and, of course, loved it. But that wasn't really the first thing on my mind. (laughs) I was just, like, that's so cool for the sport, you know? And then, like, as things more approached, it became a little – you know, more insight, but like it didn't really become a goal of mine until like after it happened, I'd say it was always kind of a dream. And then once I qualified, I was like, well, this is no longer a dream. It's like a reality. Like this is crazy. Like I didn't even let it be one of my goals because it seemed so far.
1: Interesting. So it wasn't in your thought process at the time, you were just really just Looking at in the moment the the event that you were in the moment and just going I'm going to do what I can do and see how I do without even really having that passion I don't want to say passion but the drive to be in the Olympics.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely say I have the drive because I've watched it you know since I was little and always admired it and I mean wa- I've always wanted to be in it right. But um, for me at that time, I mean, there's three ways to qualify. There was three ways to qualify for the Olympics and the first one was at World Championships, which is the hardest one because that's where everybody is. And that's where I qualified. And that's, I guess, what was more shocking to me was that if I saw myself qualifying, it was at a later stage. Mm-hmm. So, in that competition, the World Championships, like I was, it's also, you know, one of the biggest, com- it, at that point, it's the biggest competition in climbing. So, I was just climbing for myself to do well in my disciplines and not um, to reach that, you know, placement to be to qualify for the Olympics, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah, so I think that did help me though, actually, because I was climbing for myself and I was climbing to get to be an Olympian, not um, in fear of not being, if that, you know what I mean? Like versus the top climbers were climbing because they knew that they deserved that spot. And so they were, I think a lot of them, you know, were so nervous because they're fighting to not lose something rather than to win something.
1: Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And then what was the process though like like so then you you've qualified and you're training for it and you have these plans of going to Tokyo and all that and then all this craziness happens and we're on lockdown and then you hear about the Olympics potentially being canceled and then it went to being not canceled but postponed like what was that I would assume it, it a little in ways like a roller coaster of emotion or what was that
0: yeah, I mean, definitely so much happened in that time and in the shortest amount of time that definitely was a roller coaster, but it also happened so quick that it was like I didn't have too much time to think about it, you know what I mean? But before that they announced it was postponed, like I already knew, not because I was told, it just seemed really clear to me that there was no way they're going to hold an Olympics while all this is happening. I mean, as, you know, as big as the Olympics is and how much athletes – how many athletes are involved and how like, big their dreams are for it. It's nothing compared to the health of our community and the people and the world around us. And so I think it was pretty clear that they had to postpone it. And I was just praying that they wouldn't cancel it, which I'm very, very glad that they didn't. And obviously, I mean, it's really has changed like pretty much every one of my future plans. <laughs> but I think in general, this whole pandemic has for everyone. So it's just learning to adapt as everyone needs to.
1: I've seen on social media that you've done a pretty good job at adapting your training a little bit to (laughs) indoor inside your house. Yeah. Is that where you've been predominantly doing your training is inside your home?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been really I'm really, really lucky during this time because we have a little home climbing wall in my basement that my dad built when I was like 10 years old for a surprise Christmas present for me and my brother. And I mean, I've never been so thankful for it. because a lot of people don't have like a wall or anything to train on. And so luckily, I mean, even though obviously it's much smaller than the gyms I'm used to, it's like maybe like this tall, but we have holds and we're creating good stuff. And I get to climb with my family, which is fun. So I'm still training hard and finding ways to, you know, stay motivated.
1: <laughs> what is a what is a typical training day like for you in, in normal uh, environment like what what okay, is not. your days yeah like not right now but just like normal like when you wake up what time do you wake up how do you train like what's that process like for yeah. your day?
0: um i'd say i mean training the same kind of something that i like about it is that i like routines and i like plans and schedules but i don't like it for a long period of time where i feel like i get stuck in that and then i lose motivation so i kind of change it up quite a bit i'd say regular training i mean this semester i took school off to train for the Olympics, which is, you know, a big thing that has changed for me since it's postponed. It's school is kind of the hardest thing on my horizons because I love school and being away from it's really hard for me. And so I'm going to have to take another semester off since it was postponed, which is unfortunate, but I'll graduate when I graduate. (laughs) Yeah, regular training day, not in school would be, I'd say I sleep in. So wake up at like 10-ish probably. Eat a light breakfast, and then either usually I'll work out. I work out with a personal trainer now. She climbs as well, so she knows like the movement of climbing, kind of what I need and what would help me be stronger and better. So that's like conditioning and just fitness in general, as well as mobility exercises. So I usually do that for an hour or an hour and a half, three times a week, and then I'd have lunch or rest a little bit, and then go climbing for, like, three or four hours. I've been training with my brother as well, so he was coaching me in just raw power, which has been really awesome because he's one of the, like, strongest climbers I know. I'd say, like, just pure strength-wise, so learning from him is awesome, and, you know, it's really fun that it's, like, a sibling relationship and to climb with him. And then dinner and usually stretch at night and recover before bed and then kind of repeat (laughs) but I usually do two days on of climbing and one day off because of like skin and muscles you can't climb every day. I can't climb every
1: day. Yeah I know I couldn't climb for (laughs) I wouldn't be able to climb for probably three days after doing that with you so (laughs) I can get that for sure. What is something about yourself that would be as far as surprising to us that we don't know about you?
0: I think maybe just like For me, school, because I know like a lot of professional athletes chose to not go to school, or at least a lot of climbers chose to not go to school so that they could pursue climbing. And I kind of chose to do both because I wasn't ready to give up school because I love learning and everything. And so I go to the University of San Diego, and that's like a huge part of my life that I think a lot of people don't know about is just like being a college student with friends and everything.
1: I want to know what your goals are as far as like what do you dream about? Like what is your... What do you think about in the future? And looking at a short term of like a one-year goal, everyone would have an assumption of what that would be, but I'm not sure. And then what would be like a five-year goal and a 10-year goal for you?
0: I feel like uh, right now all my goals, you know, are so close, like within a year kind of. I think my biggest goal within this year is just to really do everything I can to be the strongest I can be, which is why I chose to take a semester off I've never I've never not been in school so I've never been just training and climbing which I've already noticed is like really you know it's awesome to have all that time and not be stressing about school and only have a certain amount of time at the gym and you know what I mean it's just it's a lot to think about with school and I love it and I'll continue to do that after the Olympics but since I got the chance to go to the Olympics I want to make everything of it and so I guess that's my goal is to do everything I can to be the best I can.
1: And then what would you say would be like a, a five year, like post, post-college maybe or whatever? Like, what is that?
0: I think, I don't know if this is much of a goal or just like what I want to do, but I want to spend a lot of time outside climbing after the Olympics and just after in a few years after competition in school. Yeah, I mean, I have great climbing in my backyard pretty much. And a lot of it I haven't even gotten to explore because I'm always training. or always going to a competition and stuff and have school. So spending time in the outdoors on real rock is something I want to do within the next five years. And then 10 years, I, I want to – I don't exactly know what I want to do, but definitely want to do something with business and climbing to probably create like a climbing business <laughs> follow along in my mom's st- footsteps of like a gym and more than that a team so I love coaching and so I think that that'd be kind of my future step
1: are you a music buff or a fanatic like do you love music and listen to a lot of music in your training
0: I do I really like music just to get me motivated and stuff yeah, yeah.
1: I'm just always curious about this. If, if someone who is into music and lyrics and stuff like that, if you could think of either a sentence or a lyric from a song or a song itself that would describe your, your childhood, your first 10 years of life, like what would be that lyric or that song for the first 10 years, the last nine years. So two songs, one early on young age and then one in this last decade.
0: I don't know why the first song that's coming to my mind is uh, from like the Hannah Montana movie, where it's, uh, what's it called? It's called The Climb. It's like, there's always another mountain. I'm always gonna wanna make it move. (laughs) Always gonna be an uphill battle, but sometimes you're gonna have to lose. So Hannah Montana would maybe be my first 10 years. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Just the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, Recent, or like past nine years. Oh, I would take some more thinking. I don't know if I'll be able to come up with that on the spot.
1: <laughs> or a <laughs> sentence. Would there be one. a sentence that would describe your last nine years?
0: I think grateful. I mean, just like my whole, the fact that like my whole family's involved in climbing and that I was born into that. I'm so grateful for that. Like, I feel lucky to be, have so many resources for me. Um, in my sport to help me grow. And also just like passion, I'd say, because it's not just that, you know, you can be born into a climbing family and hate climbing. So it's, I'm very grateful that I have a passion for climbing and that that drives my, you know, my need to climb and my need for success, I guess.
1: All right. What is, what is your greatest, what is your greatest fear that you're, going through right now our greatest fear in climbing it can either be a maneuver so it can be more in the sport sense or your greatest fear in kind of something that's challenging you right now
0: i'd say this is a fear and kind of the opposite like a fear but also i think needed if that makes sense is to, that i'm like sacrificing too much but also i think that i'd be Mad at myself in the future if I didn't sacrifice the things that I have for the opportunities I've gotten.
1: How are you managing how, do, how are you managing that right now? Like how are you walking through that or how are you getting through that?
0: right now since since I chose, like for me, I think that is just like the difference between school and climbing and sacrificing one of those, which I don't think I'd ever be able to sacrifice climbing for school, but the whole thing is that I, you know, I want, I went into school right away. I didn't take a gap year or anything because I didn't want to sacrifice anything. And I don't regret that at all. Cause I mean, everybody was like, you won't be able to do both. You know, you won't be able to be a professional climber. Like your climbing's going to get worse or you're going to have to drop out of school as like that was shown in a lot of climbers. But I like, I know myself as an athlete and as a student, and I could never give up climbing, and I could never give up learning. And I think finding a compromise between the two is really important for me because it keeps me happy, and being happy keeps me motivated. So I think for me, having both is really important. And taking the semester off though was definitely the right thing because I've seen my climbing improve for sure but I also know that I'm going back, so I'm not giving up school. So I think that's just important to keep, you know, remembering that I'm going back and also that I'm not like, I'm lucky enough that I, I might have to sacrifice little things, but I'm able to kind of right now do it all.
1: What do you, um, what do you define as success?
0: Um, I think success is being happy. <laughs> being happy and satisfied. What
1: would be three characteristics that you would tend to see or you think that is needed in a either elite athlete or a successful performer or top athlete? What would be three characteristics that you think is a necessity to be able to be in that category?
0: I think passion, a drive, and respect. Let's say those are my three, because I think to be an elite athlete, it's not you have to realize it's not just about yourself. So athletes who have all that but don't respect either the sport or their their teammates, I don't think can ever be, you know, fully successful elite athlete.
1: That's good. Currently, who is or who was your hero or your idol or someone that you admired? In sport, out of sport, in your sport, or a different sport? Like, it doesn't have to be specific.
0: Definitely one of my idols right now, as I think a lot of athletes, is Simone Biles. Um, just because she's – I love how, like, graceful and powerful she is in gymnastics. And, kind of, like, as an athlete and a human, I feel like she's – I mean, I don't know her at all. I've never met her. But <laughs> I feel like she's. she seems very – supportive of others and teammates. And I love that about, like, I think that's just be like, to be a great athlete, you have to be that, but she's also very driven and wants to do her best. So I aspire to be that.
1: What advice would you give parents that have kids that have aspiring goals or want to be professional athlete or, or, or just have dreams? What advice would you give parents? managing those kids
0: I would say if they can obviously if like they're able to give them the opportunity to enjoy their sport like you know go to teams and practices or join teams go to practices and just more time with their sport but uh, most of all let them choose it you know it's fine I think as most parents do they kind of put their kids in a lot of different sports to get to try it out. I think that's normal, but um, let your kid decide that they like it. Don't tell your kid that they like it. You know, I think that's always something that's been important. And I've always gotten a lot of questions about that for myself since I started so young and my parents were obviously like huge parts of the sport is whether like my parents kind of pushed me into it or if I really loved it. And I, they never pushed me into it. Like if they, if I didn't want to climb, I wouldn't be a climber. So I think that's really important because if you don't have the passion for it, I don't think you'll ever be able to continue on with that sport and be successful and happy.
1: Yeah. Was there ever a, a phase or a period of time, even if it was just a week or two that you felt like you didn't want to climb and you just needed a break?
0: I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely had moments like that when it was just, I was like, I would just think like, wouldn't it be easier if I wasn't a professional climber and if I was just a regular student or, you know, just climb every once in a while for fun. But then I, I'll, you know, in that moment, I think it's good to take a break. So I'll take probably not much time off for me, but like two, three days off and I already like, am hungry for climbing and you know, I'm like, this is why I can't stop climbing because I love it. And, you know, that might even be for the next week or two, just climbing for fun, not training, just to remember why I love it. And that's always helped me a lot. But I think it's normal to go through phases of kind of questioning why you're doing it. And I think that's important because then you find answers and remember why you are doing it.
1: Why you love it re that drive a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah what advice would you give uh, kids in how they can prepare or how they can plan out what they want to do? If they have some, some dreams or goals, even if it's a small spark right now.
0: Yeah. I'd say as a kid, I mean more time in your sport will help you like practice makes perfect. Right. More time in your sport will help you um, get better. But if it's just like, I guess for little goals or big goals, just like have fun while you're doing it. You know, I think these days, there's a lot of really hardworking athletes, which is so important to be a good athlete. But sometimes, you know, take the time to just enjoy your sport for your sport.
1: Yeah. Is there something that you've realized now or that you know now that you wish you knew four or five years ago? Like something in your sport that has really transformed or changed in the last 12 months of like, wow, this is, is it nutrition? Is it endurance training? Is it recovery? Is it like, what are the things that you've found in the last 12 months that were just like the biggest movers in your growth and that you wish you knew four years ago? Cause then it would be even, even better.
0: Yeah. I think um, for me, that's the mental side of climbing. And honestly, not even in the past four years, but probably in the past year. I've learned so much about that because since I did start so young, it was just always natural, but getting older, I think my mind started wandering more of, you know, what ifs, um, learning to control that and kind of like I said before, like coming back to my breathing has always been important for me. So I think just learning how to be mentally strong while competing um, is something I've learned a lot about and still have a lot to learn about.
1: <laughs> And are you doing practices with that? Is that something that's part of your training training plan now?
0: Yeah, my dad's actually always, like, when he was competing, my mom always said that that was, like, the best. That was one reason he was one of the best. It's because he had such a strong mental game that he could just say, like, he just, he knew, he would know that he would do it. You know, like, he'd know he'd do the climb or he'd know he'd do the move because he fully believed. And I think that that's, you know, something that sometimes I lack where I'm like, maybe I'll do it, you know, maybe, maybe, like, whatever, and even, like, that kind of was the same thing for qualifying for the Olympics, like, I don't think I ever really accepted that it was a goal, because it was, it was so, it's scary, you know, to accept your dreams and goals, because then you can fail, you know, which is an important part, so I think I never really was like, yes, like, I want to go to the Olympics, because it's, it's hard, (laughs) you know, and then, After I made it, I kind of wasn't sure if I, like, was deserving of it because I didn't have that goal to begin with because I didn't say, like, I want to. But um, that doesn't mean that I didn't work my ass off and um, I did want it, you know, whether I said it or not. And now I feel like I've become better because if I want to do a climb, I tell myself, like, I'm going to do it. And then you do it, you know? And sometimes you don't, and you have to learn how to cope with that failure, for sure, and that's how you succeed more. (laughs)
1: Well, it's great. And that's an experience that I had with, with climbing with you, just that drive of going, like, I really want to make this one route, right? Like you would show me a route on the wall and I would try to make it. And 99% of the time I would fall, but it's that like you fall and you get right back up. And it's great about climbing is you can go right back on it and do the exact same move again and go, okay, now I'm going to try again. And you fall again you try again. And it's a sport that. You
0: try a little different, you know?
1: Yeah. Like you can try a new approach or try a different way. And for me, it's been, it's been a cool experience to, to learn about the sport, but then also apply it to life. As I've applied like triathlon or Ironman or running in your journey and you learn lessons from the sport that you do. And some of the lessons I learned from the sport of climbing is like, it's, it's life as well. can be easy to just get back up and try it again. You know, like get that that second or third or fourth chance to try it and you don't have to give up.
0: Yeah, I know. I always realize how much I love it when I'm like, when I'm trying something and I'm failing at it and I'm still having so much fun. Cause I think that that's just so awesome. Like, I'm like, Oh, like I want to do it so bad, like a certain climb. I feel like I find it even more outside climbing, but I definitely find it inside too. Like, you know, you, you want something so bad, but like even, failing at it, like I have so much fun. <laughs> so then like the success feels even better. You're like, well, that was awesome. Like that's, you know, that's so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think that or realize that. But as you just were talking about that, it's totally true. Like I remember climbing and I'd be on that last hole and you fall. And even when you fall, like you laugh. Like you smile when you fall and you hit yeah. the mat and you're like, all right, let's get up and do it again. You're
0: also a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. Totally. it's so cool. Um what are you What are you most grateful for right now in this moment?
0: I'm grateful just to be healthy right now for sure with everything going on. I mean, to be in Boulder is like amazing. I'm just like looking at the mountains right now and those definitely keep me sane, <laughs> being like stuck at home and stuff. At least I'm still, you know, I can go on my patio and enjoy the sunlight. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm finding ways to, stay safe and healthy and hoping everyone else is, but I know a lot of people aren't as lucky. So yeah, I think just health and sanity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wanted to thank you very much. One for, for showing me the ropes a little bit and teaching me how to climb and, and showing me kind of a new sport that I can't wait to get out and climb again. But um, yeah, I just want to encourage you and, and just say that I'm rooting for you. I've loved to get, to know you and to experience you and your young excited attitude to just have fun and to be grateful like you know you talked about passion and drive and respect and the moment that I met you you for sure showed a lot of respect and and you were very patient with me in that journey you have definitely shown a lot of drive in the way that you train and the way that you attack the wall the way that you how fast you climb and how even though if you get one, you wanna go and do it again and see if you can improve that much more. And then just the passion for sure. Your passion definitely flows and you can see it that you just love the sport both inside and out and the way that you talk about your brother and your parents and, and all that. So I just wanted to say thank you for being a great model for for adults and kids um, just in sport and just in life in general. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. That means a lot, I, you know, I see that. Um, and you too, as an athlete, so it's awesome to talk like athlete to athlete.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I can't wait to get out and climb again with you, uh, soon, hopefully, and we'll be cheering for you in Tokyo next year, but for sure, I'll see you before that and get some time with you. So thanks again for joining us.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Chris.
1: (laughs) And then how would, how would people follow you? Like, what is the easiest way, social media, like where can they follow your journey?
0: um, Most Instagram, I think is the easiest way for me. Brooke climbs is my Instagram handle follow along my journeys, videos, photos,
1: yeah. (laughs) And then in the show notes, I'll have links and stuff like that to different things so people can hear a little bit more and follow you along. So thanks again. I appreciate it and look forward to chatting with you soon.
0: All right, so good to talk to you. Bye.
1: Well, thank you for joining me in another episode of the Chris Lieto Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Please go ahead and share it on your social media tag myself at Chris Lieto and please tag Brooke at Brooke Climbs. Go check her out. Go check out our social media. Uh, Check out the links in the show notes and make sure you check out our sponsors and support this podcast. So thank you very much. Look forward to the next episode and enjoy your week and have an amazing time and live your life to the fullest.